Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dismantling Injustice with the Brooklyn Community Bail Fund, where we offer insight and analysis on issues affecting folks who encounter the criminal, legal, and immigration systems and provide space for you to hear directly from those communities. At Brooklyn Community Bail Fund, BCBF for short, we work to free people from incarceration, whether it's prison, jail, immigrant detention, or surveillance, and work with our allies in the carceral system. You can learn more about our work by visiting us at brooklynbailfund.org. I am Soli Israel, BCBF's Director of Special Initiatives. In honor of Pride Month, we're going to spend the next few episodes talking to our friends and partners who have been working on issues grounded in the fight for equality, justice, and civil human rights within the LGBTQ community. Today, I have the honor to be joined by Legacy, founder and executive director of Bloom, Black Leaders on Our Mission. Uh, hi, Legacy. Thank you for coming. Let's just jump right in. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about Bloom. Um, so my name is Legacy. It's spelled with two E's at the end and not a Y because I learned not to question life. Just move with it. Um, I am the founder and the executive director of Black Leaders on Our Mission. Bloom for short. We give direct uh, pop-out street services to the houses and the surrounding communities. When we do that, we also send volunteers down into uh, the subway systems, the tunnels, back behind buildings, because uh, houses people are a very active part of our community. And often they are forgotten when they don't service brick and mortar buildings. So we want to make sure that um, those who need the services are able to get them we provide hot meals toiletries uh clothing mm -hmm. uh, resources that are locally um sustainable in their community if they uh want to and we don't just feed the houses community and uh, when we do our pop-ups we feed the community as a whole because just because you have a roof don't not necessarily make you not hungry either yeah, so uh, damn, you do a lot, and you know, I, I, as I always do, I thank you for all of your work, and I understand the importance of it, and I know you have a personal story that links to that, and what, what drew you to this work. You know, in honor of Pride Month, you know, there are a lot of marginalized communities out here, in particular, black, the black community is marginalized, but even within the black community, they're also marginalized. When you talk about, when you talk about houselessness, how, how does that relate to, you know, how do you see that in terms of everything that's going on with what happened with George Floyd's murder? And even in terms of questions around sexuality and gender, like how vulnerable are people who are houseless who fit into those categories, being black and being, you know, someone who identifies or is affiliated with LGBTQ plus? Oh, so I'm just going to throw some numbers out there. New York City, um, uh, averaging 17,000 homeless LGBTQ uh, young adults, so that's 17 to 24 technically um, in New York City who can be housed, 16 to 24, sorry. And there's only 1,700 available beds in New York City to house these homeless young people. Statistically, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. And then you have um, a lot of organizations who are Christian-based, right, um, who don't allow LGBTQ folks to live, breathe, thrive, um, and have sustainability within their organization. So what do we have? We have a lot of homeless LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQIA youth um, who wind up being on the street 
trying to figure out life, sex work, danger, oftentimes in prison for the things um, that they are having to do to survive. So it's very hard, especially for Black trans folks, right? Um, statistically, in every part of society, they are not treated equally or with equity, right? How how often do we see Black trans youth telling their stories and not being paid for them while other people profit off of their pain? So, you know, um, I just want to just take the time to say that our Black trans youth are, and I'm going to say for myself because uh, presenting I am, I can be presented as a Black cisgender woman if I did not tell my sexuality, right? Or, or say that I identify as they, them. However, Black trans folks who are not considered passable out in the world usually struggle the hardest, but usually are profited off of things such as like gift cards or whatever it is to keep somebody's organization afloat while they are continuously murdered, ignored, and left on the bottom of the equity chain. So that's important to note that they, we definitely need housing and equity for all LGBTQI kids, but there's a specific need, especially since one Black trans woman has been killed every week this year um, for housing and more protection for our Black trans folks. Yeah, you, you mentioned how many of them wound up, you know, incarcerated. And it's, you know, New York, New York State recently had you know, where they, where they banned the walking while trans. But th- the question of one, being profiled because you're black, two, being profiled because we make the assumption that if you're a black trans woman, you're a sex worker. When you add to that the question of, I have nowhere to go, so I'm just moving from place to place. So I'm always being watched, I'm always being seen, and I'm always being seen through the lens of being someone that's doing something wrong just because I'm outside. Uh, you know, I, I think that th- the way you laid out those vulnerabilities, when we think about it in that context, the things that make people, the things that make law enforcement or people who might want to commit harm to someone, the things that trigger or initiate those interactions, simply being homeless, you know, having nowhere to go, puts you at a constant, under, under constant observation of people who would like to do you harm. So from that perspective, like you said, in, in, in particular with black trans women and black trans youth, where it's like, you know, they don't shed who they are, is, is a part of who they are. And is is visually, you know, out in front, it's like a target. They they literally walk with a target. So again, I, I think that the awareness that you're trying to raise about this issue, I think people have to forget it. With that being said, I, I'm wondering in terms of how you how how you've been working to raise awareness in in the wake of George Floyd's murder, where the questions of police brutality, the questions of the way policing happens, the question of, you know, ensuring people have equal opportunity and are equitable in terms of how they're treated fairly. How have you seen the presence of voices around issues around LGBTQ plus or transgender youth? How has that been for you? Has, has there been a welcoming to your voice on this issue? Has it been easy to integrate these other civil and, and human rights issues into this broader issue of black lives matter? Or, you know, I'm just wondering what your, what your experience has been with bringing this, these issues front and center, because when we talk about black transgender youth, transgender youth, we're talking about black people, right? And I, you mentioned those places like churches, which are always some of the places that are the, the, the first places to go about civil rights and go about human rights. 
But you mm-hmm. mentioned that dichotomy, or or, or or you mentioned the you know the irony, hypocrisy in that is because these same places they don't open their doors to other black people who have the same issues because of their gender or because of their gender identification right. or because of their sexual orientation. Can you can you speak? I mean, just what are your experiences with that? Uh, so as an so I'm not just uh, a founder and a, an executive director. I'm also an advocate and activist, right? I'm actively advocating and leading marches and having conversation and sometimes just having conversations within uh, a community of people who look like me, right? And what it looks like for the protection of all Black people, because you cannot also be out here marching saying Black Lives Matter, but the Black Lives Matter only, uh, and I'm going to say it very plain, in heteronormative white supremacy eyes like that doesn't work for the collective of people right of us to move forward as a whole if our black lives are going to matter they have to matter all across the board race religion sexuality gender those things must coincide with what we are really fighting for and equity and and, and equality among us right so i've um uh speak to the black uh, Trans Liberation March last year, 15,000 people. Um, and I was front and center with some of the um, Black trans women who organized that march. And what I found was we having a lot of Instagrammable moments right of people just showing up to say that i'm there but anytime that i get a crowd of people around i have to also um remind them that when you go back to your safe space what you call home there are many people out here uh who are not who don't have a home to go to like we are we're literally fighting for our lives we're fighting for housing we're fighting for real injustices because as soon as we walk away from here we can be stopped by an officer just from our, our parents while you're safely making it back home gentrification plays a role so if your apartment right now that you're paying twenty four hundred dollars for also remember that somebody used to pay 660 for it and you you need to start asking the real questions about how I even move into a community that I moved into. Are you integrating with people? Are you having real conversations or are we just showing up with signs to say, uh, yeah, I was there, right? For somebody to take your photo. I always express what numbers look like to people because we live in a world of numbers and, 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 and people love to you know, spread numbers around. When you have a population that is so tiny but holds the biggest number of homeless people we have a problem like that's a problem when a community so small can be three four five times uh uh the homelessness the houselessness statistic right then then than just me being a a, a, a a black female, right? That's a problem. We need to f- understand and find out why why black trans folks are not able 
to get jobs? Why are they being um, incarcerated on such a high rate? And not only are they being incarcerated at such a high rate, oftentimes they are being locked in single cells um, by themselves or they are being integrated in prisons that does not match their uh, uh, gender of choice, right? And sexual violence, abuse, and all of these kind of things come with it. Laylene, right? For an example, right? And, and, and people are still not being held accountable for the things that goes on behind prison walls. You cannot... I keep telling people, you cannot fight a cause without talking to the actual people that's a part of it. Like, you can't do prison reform without talking to actual prisoners. And I don't mean, like, the ones that are released. I mean, like, the ones that are still in prison. You know what I mean? Like, you can't keep making decisions on people's lives without including them into the conversation. So when we have marches, are we doing these things? Are we, while we're calling on Black trans folks, right, to, to... speak, lead, whatever it is, are we paying them? Like we would pay someone who has this, that, and third degree, knowing that this black trans person may have had more barriers stacked up against them than to get the bachelor's and the master's that you would have paid someone else with no life experience, but the degree, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope of a world we live in. This is why I always Uh, while I'm fighting as a black woman, I'm always putting my black trans brothers and sisters in the same forefront because nobody is really listening to what's really happening. Yeah. And so you mentioned Laylene for for our listeners that may not know, could you, could you share that that story? Uh, So um, Laylene Polanco um, was a black trans woman on Rikers Island and she was having a medical crisis and as she's having this medical crisis, um, a bunch of correction officers were making fun of her and like not getting her the medical services that she needed while she was in the crisis. And she died in a prison cell and her sister, and I'm going to say her sister is one of the strongest people I've ever met because she refuses to let anybody forget her sister and the atrocities that happened to her in a Rikers Island single cell prison and solitary confinement. Like, and 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 I want to make this also clear. There's no amount of money the city can pay to 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 any family because you cannot bring them back with any financial gain. The money is not what we want. That is the alternate route. That what we really want as a community is people being held accountable when they murder someone. The financial equity that comes from it is never, right? It's never the first 
go to any case that we've seen where someone is murdered under the hands of law enforcement, right? It's never civil lawsuits that come first. It's always, we're going to try this justice system thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not working. So now the lawyer is like, well, uh, we could sue the city. And you're like, well, I guess. Right. It's 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 and 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 I and I always and I feel like once we get to the point of stop suing the city, right? Because it's not the city as a whole. Once we start individuals, right? Sue individuals, individuals who were involved in it, a lot of accountability for things will definitely start to change. That's what I truly believe. If you start putting liens on houses cleans on cars, right? You start shifting a narrative of these people comfortability. I, I I honestly believe in my heart that we'll have we'll be having a different conversation on what justice looks like. So that's just my perspective and my take on it. Nah, I love, I appreciate it. As usual, I love having these talks with you. And uh I thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, if you want to share your 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 uh, social media handles and anywhere someone can contact you, if they want to learn more about the amazing work you're doing with Bloom. Oh yes, so um, we just bought two mobile homes um, so that we can uh, service the community cross country and go under the bridges and the tunnels and the woods and rural communities and cities alike, um, you can um, look us up at blackleadersonourmission.org. Our Venmo is bloom um, underscore NYC. Um, Our PayPal is blackleadersonourmission or paypal.me backslash bloomcares. Um, we are looking forward to getting them out and running by September. Um, and if you just want to follow us, you can also go on blackleadersonourmission.org and um, join our emailing list. You can look me up on Facebook. That's L-E-G-A-C-E-E, Medina, M-E-D-I-N-A, um, my co-founder, you can look her up. She's Judy Bloom, J-U-D-E-E-B-L-O-O-M. So thank you for having me. I want to say our conversations since the day we met have been awesome. You have um, continuously supported Bloom and what we have going on and uplifting us and not just providing um, equity but knowledge that goes with it so that we can be sustainable to be able to do this for years to come. So I am very grateful for this partnership. I hope that as I learn things from you, you have learned things from me and um, we are ready to bloom. And so what magnificence um, nonprofit can really look like when you authentically care about people. And thank you again. And for those of you who would like to learn more about what we do, you can visit us at www.brooklynbellfund.org. With that, everyone, 
Have a great rest of your week or beginning of your week, depending on when you listen to this podcast. And peace. Peace.